You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So this is my second attempt at recording this because I slept in until 7 and had coffee, so I'm extra ranty. And then sometimes my rants start getting hostile, and it gets to the point where it's like, you know what, I should probably just delete this and do a restart. So this could be an interesting day. We'll see how it goes. Anyways, um, notes for today. Here's the agenda. Talk about the injury report. I want to do correlations, which is that thing where we kind of try to see what makes the Vikings tick. At what point do they win? At what point do they lose? Et cetera, et cetera. I would like to discuss a a thought I had about this game. And it's going to be a statement that on its face is going to upset a lot of people. But just hear me out. And the, the bottom line in this statement, and I probably shouldn't even make this. I want to because it's kind of, I don't know, I guess edgy and it's going to upset people. And there's just a part of me that wants that. The statement essentially would be, this game is not as important as everyone's making it out to be. That's not exactly true. It's more or less, it's not as important for the reason that we're making it out to be important. It is important, but we'll, we'll, we'll jump back into that. And then lastly, we do have three football games today, so I'd like to briefly discuss that to close it out. That's pretty much it. Otherwise, make sure you get into the Facebook group. Check out the Facebook page which is really great. Not only do I have drunk robots that argue with each other, but I have articles being posted without links or pictures, so it sounds like I'm talking to myself. And it's hilarious because sometimes the articles are posted as questions and then people answer the questions. And it's like, this is working out way better than I thought. I did something wrong and it's perfect. But um, again, working on it. Otherwise, if you appreciate the show, five-star iTunes review would be greatly appreciated. As an aside, I understand that some people don't like certain parts of this show. What I would encourage you to do is to reach out to me directly, and I promise you I'm not going to be mad about it. I have a very, like a five-minute pouting session, and then I process the information, realize they're actually right about it, and try to help grow the show. It's going to help me a lot if you actually give me negative feedback. How you do it might change my response. I'd probably just snap back at you if you're a total D-wad about it. Had to kind of take the edge off of that. But I really do want any negative feedback that you have, because I need it, because the show's going to crash and burn if you all just nod and smile and secretly are talking about this show is really going downhill. Tell me that. It's not doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to change anything, but I really want to know all the negative thoughts you have about the show. I need to know, because I want the show to get better. If you have ideas for how you want the show to improve, if you have things you just generally don't like and want to disseminate that to me, if you have, I, you know, things that you really do like and wish I'd do more, whatever. I need more of that kind of feedback. Because what I don't need is people taking their pent-up aggression and frustration that has been building up for about a month and leave a very angry one-star iTunes review. Rather than just trying to hurt the show because your feelings are hurt, how about you just be a man and tell me about it in person 
and I'll try to fix it, that would be my recommendation. You do what you need to do, because if you can tell, I did get one, and there was actually some really good information. I just wish you would have told me that. You get what I'm saying? Don't be scared. Tell me the truth, and I will try to make this, tailor this show to your needs and wants and desires. Because this show isn't about me, it's about you. For example, there was the comment about PFF. He always talks about PFF. You know why? Because all I hear is, when are you doing PFF? What about this PFF? I'm giving the people what they want. And for some of you, that might be really annoying. So tell me that. Because I'm just over here thinking I'm doing exactly what everybody wants. Like, I'm just giving the people everything they want. But there's some people that are in the dark corners just stewing. I'm going to get them. I don't like that one show. I'm going to get them. People trip me out, man. But again, you do you. I'm not restarting this one. It is what it is. Why don't we just go ahead and take a break? Listen to a couple magical advertisements, and we'll come back and just talk about this Vikings game coming up. So I actually haven't heard anyone that's uh, going to the game. Maybe I just missed it in the comment section or whatever. But it's making me a little bit nervous. we got people out in California, people out in New York. I'm really hoping we can have a bit of a force going into Minnesota. I know it's a hostile place. I know it's not a lot of fun. I'm not asking you to go in and cause a scene and get into a fight. I don't even care if you don't want to wear Packers gear. Just go in there and don't make noise, and that's going to help immensely. And you get to watch the game. But um, anyways, if you are planning on going, I'd love to hear about it. And if you're still planning on going, I would encourage you to use Vivid Seats. As you know, they got the 100% buyer guarantee. You get some rewards points back. So next month when you want to go see a concert or go see a Packers in the playoffs or whatever it might be, you get a little extra something-something back. And in addition, as you already know, if this is your first time using Vivid Seats, you just need to simply download the app and you can have it on your phone, and you want to use it for uh, the Vikings game, make sure when you check out, you enter promo code OVERTIME in the, the um, I don't know, promo code area, and you can receive a discount of up to $100. So be sure to check it out. And again, if you're going to the game, please let me know. Just trying to do a little head count here. Otherwise, today's episode of the Packernet Podcast is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ, the brand new streaming sports news network. It's live 24-7. It costs you nothing. That's right. It's sports coverage. It's always on and always free. Always. I don't know why trying to do that all in one breath is so exhilarating, but uh, I nail it every time. Got to add a few more words in there or something. Challenge me a little bit. Step up your game, CBS Sports HQ. Anyways, if you're new to the program, it's very simple. It is a free app. You don't need to pay for it. You don't even need to set up a username and password. Simply download the CBS Sports app, go into the menu, and you'll find CBS Sports HQ, and it is just streaming sports video 24 hours a day. If you're up at 3 o'clock in the morning, whether you haven't slept yet or woke up to do a podcast, you open up the CBS Sports HQ app, and there's brand new content. Maybe it's looped, but whatever, it's new to you. So simply download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Apple TV, Roku, Fire TV, or any other devices at the time to watch CBS Sports HQ. In other words, you can watch it on your TV if you so choose. It's no fake debates, just sports for real sports fans at a great price of completely free. You don't even have to log in or sign up or anything. Just download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. So my initial comment, I was... I, I want to I, I wanna say it, but then I just watched this video that somebody posted in the group, and I'm going to put it up on the Facebook page. I'm actually going to download it and upload it and just give this guy credit because I, I want it to just automatically start. I might even promote this for the guy. I'll just pay money because the video is incredible, and it gets me so amped up. It's one of those where you get chills to the point where you got tears in your eyes, and it's like, why am I crying? And it's like, I'm not crying. It's just chills. It does it. My eyes have chills. I'm not crying. I'm a man. I don't cry, but I did cry a little bit. 
it just it, it's it's a hype video for this game, and it, it is one of the best ones I've seen. And maybe it's just because I haven't seen one in a while. Maybe it's because we're getting close to the playoffs. I don't know, but I definitely subscribe to this guy's channel because I want I need more of this. But anyways, it's making it really hard for me to make my statement right now. But let, let, let's just let's take away just just briefly because he got me in the spirit now, and I don't want to be out of it for very long because it's a beautiful feeling. But from the standpoint of Packers versus Vikings, this game doesn't mean hardly anything. I know there's a pride thing, and I know Vikings fans are going to be all up in our face if we lose, and blah, 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 blah. And it does have big implications, and we'll get to that in a second. I'm talking about Packers-Vikings. Here's why I'm saying that. Guess what happens if the Packers lose this game in terms of the NFC North, in terms of seeding compared to the Vikings? Packers are still going to win the division. And, you know, I'll... I, I, planning to i think next tomorrow i don't know when i was planning on talking about it but go look at the injuries of the of the detroit lions and apparently stafford is done he's he's done for the year the list of people let, let me just let me just read this off to you real quick matt stafford marvin jones tj hawkinson mike daniels deshaun hand jared davis jermaine curse and six other players just on IR. Not even talking about people that are injured and might not play. Guys that are banged up that may become banged up. Those are just the guys that are on IR, they're done. They're not playing, they're out. The Packers are not losing that game. I don't even care. I, I, I generally don't make these statements. You never know in football. I don't care. I'm going full fan on that. We're not losing that game. The Packers will win, and as a result of that, we, we congratulations, ladies and gentlemen, by the way. Let me just make it. We won the North. The North is ours again. We won it. The Vikings can't do anything. It's not in their control. They can they can beat the Packers on Monday 42 to nothing. Guess what? They still lost the division to the Packers. They can destroy the Packers and beat the Bears 41 to 4. Two safeties, whatever. Guess what? Still lost the division. And I know there's there's well, that means the Vikings This game has no implications on the North. The Packers won it game over. Does it have implications? Of course. There's, there's a pride factor. There's, a, there's the wanting to shut them up about how the Vikings are better than the Packers. And, oh, you guys just, you, I don't even know what the argument, what, what, you haven't played good teams? Dude, you haven't played good teams. What are you talking about? There's just this feeling, well, you know, since that last time we played, we're the better team than you are. And everybody buys it. Everyone's buying it. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I'm just, I'm just trying to come out of the emotional for a second to get you to realize this game has no implications on the NFC North because the Packers won it. And there's nothing the Vikings can do about it. But sit back and watch them, watch the Packers just take it from them. Now, the real implication here is trying to get a first-round bye. Whether that's a number one, probably not, but possibly, or getting that number two seed, which is very attainable if the Packers... Uh, actually, I don't... See, I have notes on all this stuff, and now I'm forgetting... Basically, if we assume that we're going to beat the Lions, which I do, if we beat the Vikings, we have a number two seed. That's a done deal. That's in the Packers' control. They get the number two at least, possibly number one, depending on some other things that could happen. We'll talk more about implications tomorrow. But I just, I just wanted to get that point across. Of course the game matters, and there's pride, and I want to see the Vikings just cower in a corner. And also, the other thing that's possible is if the Vikings lose, there is a chance they don't even make the playoffs. They could be a 10-win team that's not in the playoffs. It's very unlikely. I think there's a 3% chance but it could happen. So the game matters, but I just want to get that across. The Packers won the North. It's done. It's over. The only real thing that... The most important thing, let me put it this way, in this game is health. They have been so healthy, and that's been so huge, and that's going to pay massive dividends when it comes to the playoffs. And that's also why a buy 
will help is to rejuvenate the, the injuries that may be there. But I'm talking about no catastrophic injuries to Rodgers, to whoever. As long as we can avoid that, the North is ours. That's it. And part of the reason I'm doing that is not to, to take some of the excitement out of the game because I'm, I'm believe me, I'm going to put this video up. I'm, I might just pause this and do it now because I don't want to forget and then spend money boosting some other guy's video. But I don't care. It's that good. And he works hard. He deserves it. I'm starting to make a little bit of money with the podcast. I should pay it forward a little bit to some other people that are grinding. But it's not so much to take us out of the excitement. It's to kind of just throw it in the Vikings fans' faces. Because to them, this is everything. This game is to prove it. I'm gonna, we're going to show you. Show us what, dummy? You lost. It's already over. You can't win the division. All you can really do is try to stay in the playoffs. That's pretty much it. Just make sure you don't lose the next two games, and then the Rams win like a game, and then you're out of the playoffs. That's all you're trying to do. You ain't showing anybody anything. But anyways, just thought I'd say that really quickly. This video, so I'm just, I, I just want to watch it one more time. All right, it's uploaded. All right, what's next? Injuries. Basically, once again, the Green Bay Packers are perfectly healthy. Maybe a little dings and cuts and bruises here and there. But uh, the only guy that didn't practice was Mercedes Lewis, and that was once again veteran rest. And for the Vikings, no real new news. Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison were on the practice field, but didn't practice. They were out stretching and whatnot, just trying to kind of, you know, make a sweat, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. What you doing out there, man? You should be, like, in the emergency room because it's so bad. You should be on a hospital bed somewhere. I don't, you know, what you doing out there stretching with pads on? There's no need to stretch, man. Just get healthy for the Bears game or, you know, playoffs or whatever. But that's it, and it's going to be, uh, it's pretty big. Not just is Dalvin Cook going to play, which is pretty big, but as we know, Alexander Madison is a pretty talented running back. If neither of those guys is playing, as much as I can try to hype up their ability to run with whoever's there, it obviously makes a big difference. If we just remember back to the last time we played, the Packers kept the, the Vikings run game in check, kept, kept Dalvin Cook in check, with the exception of a few really, really big plays that I'm not sure everybody on this planet can make. His really, really high-end speed, and those kinds of things are really what kind of broke some of those really big plays open. And so that's definitely going to be something to monitor. Obviously, it sounds like Dalvin Cook isn't going to play, but there's no definitive thing quite yet. And we know how teams, especially as, as high stakes as this is for, for the Vikings, for example, and their desire to want to prove that they're better than the Packers and all that, they, the idea that they would maybe use a little bit of uh, misdirection, it's not impossible that he's going to end up playing. So we'll, we'll have to see. And again, the Alexander Madison thing is is also very very big. If both of these guys are out, that has a massive impact. And and not just from the standpoint of talent, but rotation. How many carries can you put on one guy? I mean, they've got Amir Abdullah, but mm, I don't know. <laughs> so, anyways, that's that's the big thing to keep an eye on as far as injuries are concerned, and no real new news to this point. So let's take a look at some of these correlations. As far as the Vikings' offensive points are concerned, there isn't a super strong correlation, not anything that wouldn't be really relatively self-evident. In other words, I could tell you that they're 4-1 when they score more than 30 points, but I would guess that's pretty consistent with what most teams can do. Uh, the defense is a little bit of a different story, although it seems somewhat self-evident. In other words, the correlation that I found is that the team is undefeated when a team scores 14 points or less. Now you could say, well, duh. I'm sure that's consistent, but here's sort of the difference and the reason why I bring it up anyway. The Vikings have done that six times. Six. The Vikings have kept teams at 14 points or under six times this season. That's, that's pretty big. Here's the other side of that coin, though. The Vikings are only four and four. They're a 500 team when a, sco a team scores more than 14 points. That's kind of crazy. And here's sort of the, the further, you know, we can kind of keep going down the rabbit hole. 
teams have only scored more than 14 points in Minnesota twice. The Eagles scored 20, and the Broncos scored 23, and in both of those occasions, or combined, the Vikings outscored those opponents by 22 total points. So I guess it's kind of good and bad news in a way. On one hand, the bad news, scoring more than 14 points on the Vikings is pretty tough. I mean, only six teams the entire year have scored more than 20 points. That same number of teams didn't even get beyond 14. The good news is that it's a relatively low bar. If they can crack past that 14 um, that 14 point marker, then we're into the 500 territory for the Vikings. In other words, they win half of these games. The correlations do kind of break down beyond that. There's no, for example, there's no further benchmarks that they're less than 500 beyond this point. For example, teams that score 20 or more points on the Vikings, the Vikings are three and three. So it's still 500. What about 30 or more points? They're one and one. So it's still 500. So the point is you have to get beyond 14 or you're doomed. Once you get beyond 14, then you got a shot. But that's the first, it's sort of just a benchmark. you got to get past 14, which again is sort of self-evident, but it's not super easily accomplished because the Vikings do a very good job, again, of keeping teams 14 or less. So that's step one. There also seems to be a very strange correlation with first downs. It doesn't super matter only because I don't think many people are going to actually keep track. However, it's very rare that there is a direct like 100% correlation. In other words, everything above this point is, is a win. Everything below this point is a loss. And since I saw it, I might as well tell you. The Vikings are 0-4 when they have less than 17 first downs. They're undefeated when they have 18 or more. Now, of course, like everything, the the, the better, you know, you could say that with yards, you could say it with points, but this is a 100% direct correlation. They are undefeated when they get 18 first downs. Again, I'm sure you're not going to keep track of it, but if you want to, if you're like super bored and want something to do, just, you know, as they get first downs, just maybe put a little check mark. I know someone's going to do it, too. <laughs> Somebody's going to do it. Um, something that is much more important, especially given the injuries, is that there's also a direct correlation, or a, a close to, it's not direct, but uh, rushing yards. They are 1-3 when they rush for less than 100 yards. They're 9-1 when they rush for over 100 yards. So that 100-yard marker is very important for the Vikings. Obviously, there's more to that than just running the ball. You know, there, there's, for the second time in a row, there's an inverse relationship with how many passing yards their opponent has and wins. In other words, the more passing yards a team has, the more the Vikings win. And it seems really weird and counterintuitive because it happened last week. I'm guessing that happens a lot because why does a team throw a lot? Because they're losing. Similarly, I think when you're running the ball a lot and effectively, it's because you feel comfortable doing so because you have the lead, because you're winning, you know, you, you, you have entire second halves that are just grinding the clock. But regardless... Keeping them under 100 yards is going to be important. And again, without their top two backs and having Amir Abdullah, who is more of a receiving back than he is a, a, a true running back, and then Boone, who is a running back and a, a very good blocker. But again, how much can you put on his show? Is he going to carry the ball 30 times by himself or what? So that that's going to be a big one to keep an eye on. Um, turnovers are usually a pretty big correlation. That's no different here. Unfortunately, the Vikings with one turnover or less are 8-1. and one. Their record drops to 2-3 and three when they have two or more turnovers. The defense is an absolute dog when it comes to turnovers. They're fourth in the NFL. They've only had one game ever where they didn't turn the ball over. FYI, they lost that game. I should say that they didn't get a turnover. So in summary, the Packers have to score more than 14 points, keep the Vikings under 100 rushing yards, take the ball away twice, don't turn the ball over. And if you really want to keep score keep their first downs under 18. That's going to be the checklist. Now, you don't have to do every single one of these things, but the more of these key things that you can hit on, 
the more assured we are of a victory. And if you can check every single one of these off, there's almost no chance that the Packers lose this game. So these are the key points. And I think they're doable. I mean, nothing on here seems overwhelmingly difficult. Scoring more than 14 points, it's a good defense, it's a tough environment, but they can do that. Keep Mike Boone under 100 yards, okay. Take the ball away twice is kind of a lot, but I think they should be able to at least get one, especially if they're going to drop back and pass on a lot of different plays because they're not running the ball as much. I think they should be able to at least get one. Don't turn the ball over is something the Packers generally are very good at. So if anybody can pull that off, it would be the Packers. And then first downs, I have no idea. Just, you know, do your best. So anyways, that went quicker than usual because I took notes and that keeps my ranting to a minimum. But uh, why don't we take a break because all we have left on the agenda is to talk about the three games that are for today. And I guess we'll get out of here relatively early. Probably. We'll see how it goes. Be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. All right, so Bills and Patriots. This is actually somewhat similar to what I had to say about Vikings Packers in that a lot of this game has to do with pride. This has to do, and I mean, it's big enough to the point where I can feel it. The Bills and the Dolphins and the Jets, these three teams have been so brutally oppressed well, let's be honest, they've been oppressed by themselves mostly in garbage leadership and terrible drafts and everything else. But the Patriots certainly didn't help. They have been kicking the garbage out of these teams since forever. The Bills now have a very good record. They have a very good team. And as much as I've been saying it's overinflated for some time because they've had the easiest schedule of any team, it's still a good team, right? Like Same thing I say about the Packers. You don't have that kind of a record if you're a bad team. Bad teams don't get to that record. The Bills have been bad for a long time. They've had easy schedules in the past. They're not a 12-win team or however many wins they have, 11, whatever, 10. I don't know. What do they have? 10, right? Because I'm looking at possible 12-win team by the end of the season. But as far as winning the division, it's just not going to happen because the only way that it does is if the Buffalo Bills win out and if the Patriots lose out, which is to say the, the Bills win and then next week the Bills win and the Patriots lose. The Patriots play the Dolphins next week. Now, crazy stuff has happened, right? The Patriots are struggling, and the Dolphins have pulled off some miracles against them. So I I guess I can't 100% say it's impossible, but I'm going to say it's impossible anyways. This is about pride. The Bills also really aren't at risk of anything. 
um, because similar to the NFC, there are some divisions and teams that are just not very good. The Bills are pretty far ahead of everybody, so they're not going to be out of the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. So they're not going to lose a playoff spot. They're not going to get a bye because they're not going to take it from the Patriots, and they're not certainly not going to get it from the Baltimore Ravens, who have all but locked up a first-round bye, not just a bye. So there's really not a whole lot to gain or lose in this game other than pride. And um, I'm very much interested in watching that and seeing the Bills kick the pride right out of the Patriots. I want it so bad. Texans-Bucks, also not super big. There are some playoff implications for the Texans. Uh, the Titans are nipping at their heels. I think it's about a 50% shot for the Texans and the Titans. By the way, there's there's like a weird little love triangle between the Texans, Titans, and the, the uh, Steelers with a couple other little teams like the Browns, who I think have like a 1% chance of getting into the playoffs if like everything in the universe lines up a certain way. So there definitely are implications for the Texans. And I think the Texans and Titans play each other next week, so that's going to be a really big game. But it's one of those things where you just you don't want to have a loss because that's really going to hurt your chances when you're already kind of volatile. But uh, the, the, the biggest thing going in the favor of the Texans is that the Titans are facing the Saints this week, which we'll talk about tomorrow. Go Titans! But uh, the Bucks are out of it, and I would say the, the Bucks, like a lot of teams right now, are teams that I would put in the category of are playing for picks although they probably have too many wins to make that big of a difference. But, um, you know, it, it's kind of in that territory where do you play for pride, do you play for picks? Maybe you lean toward pride just because it's, it's not going to make that big of a difference in the draft. I, I, I really don't care. Win or lose, it, it literally has no implication that I would care about, even if I was a fan of the team. It was just a terrible season. And to make matters worse, it wasn't even that bad, which is worse. Like, I, I would rather you do what the Lions did and at times seem competent, you can look at the roster and say, yeah, there's some good attributes here, and then realize they won three games, and they're probably going to have like a top five pick, potentially top three pick, which is horrifying, by the way. Could you imagine if they lose out and some flukish thing happens where the Bengals go on a winning streak, which they could. It's not impossible. I think they play the Browns, and then next week they play some other garbage team. They could win two and be a three-win team, and I don't know how the tiebreakers work. I should, I should, I'm going to do that right now. i got to see how high the Lions can get. Why don't we finish this, and then that's the last thing I want to talk, because I need to know that information, because I'm starting to get worried now, because if they get Chase Young, I'm, I'm just going to flip out. And really, they just need the number two spot, which the Giants have a really easy... Oh, no, don't do this to me. I'm going to cry right in my chair right now. Listen to me. I know you don't want to. We need the Lions to win this week. Not even a discussion. I don't want to hear anything from you. They're going to lose next week. They need to find a way to win this week. End of discussion. Anyways, let's finish this out. Texans, Bucks, who cares? Finally, a game that super, super, super matters, Rams 49ers. Basically, what the Packers need, as much as I've played with this ESPN um, thing, they would need, first of all, to win out. That's duh. But we need the 49ers and Seahawks to each lose a game. If either of them wins out the last two weeks, they're going to get the number one seed. The Packers can't get it. There's a lot of misinformation about if the Packers went out and if like this one thing happens, then we get number one. No, 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 no. The Seahawks and 49ers have to lose a game. So the good news is the um, the Seahawks and 49ers play each other. So that's one out of that's that's one loss right there. So then the question kind of becomes: Is it more likely the 49ers lose to the Rams or the Seahawks lose to the Cardinals? If both of them lose, the Packers can win out and get the number one locked up. It's done. So that's that's I mean that's incredible. But the 49ers losing to the Rams would be huge because that means the Packers need to win and then the 49ers need to beat the Seahawks next week and we get the number one seed. And the only reason that super matters is because either way you get a bye. But in the first week you get a bye and then you play the lesser of those teams, which might not actually be the lesser because seeding, you never really know. But you 
technically play the lesser of them. But even beyond that, the next team, even if let's say the number two seed wins, they come to Green Bay as opposed to the other way around. And we want to play in Green Bay as much as possible. So it does really matter. We need the Rams to find a way to win today. Also as a bonus, if the Rams win and then the Cardinals, uh, oh, sorry, I already said that. If the Rams win and then beat the Cardinals next week, meaning they win out, and then the Bears end up beating the Vikings. In other words, the Vikings lose out. So this is, you know, again, 3% chance the Vikings don't make it. But there's double implications for the Rams winning. It greatens our chances of getting that number one spot, and it also wildly increases the chances the Vikings don't make the playoff. Because now we just need the Bears to beat the Vikings and the Rams to beat the Cardinals. Both of those are possible. Not super likely, but possible. And then the Vikings would essentially be a 10-win team that didn't make it. So very, very big game. Um, and again, if, if by the end of today, if the 49ers do beat the Rams, which is what is expected, then we absolutely have to have the Cardinals beat the uh, Seahawks or it's over. Because one of those two teams will win out, regardless of what happens in the Seahawks and, and 49ers game. Whichever team wins gets the number one seed. That's it. So it's, uh, it's a very, very big game. All right, now back to the Lions thing quickly. So the Bengals this week play the Dolphins. That's obviously a game the Bengals can win. Who else is a three-win team right now? Miami, which, you know, in this case, you know what? How about Miami Miami wins? Because the Bengals, let's just say the Bengals get number one anyways, and then they take Joe Burrow. So the Dolphins win, and the Lions lose. Who? What about the Redskins? The Redskins play the Giants. Oh, they're both three-win, which is good and bad, because one of them is going to be a four-win, which if the Lions lose to the Broncos means the Lions move up past that team. Where are they at right now? On So right now the Detroit Lions are picking fifth. So right now, if the Lions lose, they're going to be at worst fourth because the Giants or the Redskins are going to win. If the Giants win, they go from number two to number five. If the Dolphins also win and beat the Bengals, which they probably will, you now have Bengals one, Redskins two, Lions three. That's terrifying for several reasons just by itself. And let's say it ends that way. And here's why. And listen, this isn't really going to happen because nobody's going to let Chase Young go to three, but the Bengals want probably a quarter. They, they might take Chase. And for the record, for, for those that Chase Young is, by most people's measure right now, even better than the Bosa's, right? Nick Bosa came out this past year. He's already one of the best pass rushers in football. And by most draft Knicks perspective, Chase Young is heads and tails better than Nick Bosa was. And I don't, as far as I know, there's not really much debate about that. So that's why I'm terrified. After that, you have the Washington Redskins. Let's say Chase doesn't go number one, Joe Burrow goes number one, or whoever, doesn't matter. The Washington Redskins, in every mock I've done, have taken a tackle. Now, they wouldn't do that, but for the sake of argument, and by the way, I did a 2020 NFL mock draft, if you're interested, it's on my Patreon page, and I sent it to anybody that donates. It doesn't have to be $5 or more, so a dollar a month, you can literally see all this stuff for a buck. But I've had, in every mock draft, the Redskins taking Andrew Thomas, the tackle out of Georgia. Now, it's also not even impossible that the Lions trade up with the Redskins. In other words, maybe the Redskins, and again, 90% chance they take Chase Young, but maybe they would take some massive draft capital, like an additional first-round pick next year to move back one spot, kind of similar to what the Bears did to move up to get Trubisky. You move back one spot, you're guaranteed to still get your guy, Andrew Thomas, who you desperately want, and you get a 2021 first-round draft pick from the D- D- Detroit Lions, and possibly even more compensation, who knows. And then you have the Detroit Lions getting Chase Young, which is terrible. After that, you know, the the nightmare scenario, and I'm going to continue to play this out, uh, the Dolphins are more than likely going to lose to the Patriots, but that doesn't matter because they're already behind the Detroit Lions. The Packers are going to beat the Lions so that they continue to be a three-win team. 
the only real implications here would be the uh, Redskins, who are still one spot ahead, playing the Dallas Cowboys. I'm sure the Dallas Cowboys are going to win that game. However, if by some horrible mishap the Redskins were to go on to win that game, the Detroit Lions would get the second pick and would probably end up getting Chase Young unless, hopefully, please, 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 the Bengals end up taking Chase Young. And then who cares what the Lions do? They get Jerry Judy or something, whatever. They're not going to take a wide receiver at two. I don't know. But um, anyways, really, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I, I don't care what you think. I don't care how much you hate the Lions. I am 100,000% rooting for the Lions to beat the Denver Broncos. They're still probably going to be a top 10 pick either way. In fact, they only drop to 4-9-1 uh, and one with the Arizona Cardinals unless they win, which actually we want them to win. Ugh, I can't win. There's no winning here. <laughs> I, I want them to lose for the draft but win in the season. I don't know. As long as the Detroit Lions don't get Chase Young, I don't super care. They're going to get a good player, probably, unless he's a bust. Which, I mean, they did just take TJ Hawkinson, a tight end, in the top ten, which, what are you doing? And I'm not as scared of AJ Epinesa. They're probably going to get him either way. That Even if they were at, like, seven, they're going to get AJ. Just don't want him to get Chase Young. Anyways, you get the point. Uh, that's going to do it for today. Tomorrow, we're going to look primarily at the games that are going on. Kind of looking at implications and also talking about what happened the other day, meaning today. Hopefully some really, really good news tomorrow. The Rams had won, the Bills had won, and who cares about Texans' buck. Anyways, you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.